fit into yours, you know, change your AC filters in your house or, 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 or your cars or whatever else. Change filters. There's one. Uh, here's the second one. This is funny. Clean up your dog poop. Meaning you go and walk your dog and say, oh, I always bag that, you know, uh, instead of, you know, the dog goes and you're looking around. <laughs> We're good. We're good. Now, I will uh, honestly tell you, I forget all the time till I'm down the street and the dog has done her business. I'm just hoping it's like the fall where there's large leaves on the ground that I can kind of use. Um, all right, that's too gross for a sermon. But third thing uh, that we say is important we don't do, floss. Number one, floss. We say that's important we don't do it. I'm not going to tell you if I do it or not. I'm just going to tell you it's really important to floss. All right, so good. Prayer, I would add to this list. This is something as Christians, we constantly talk about how central prayer is to the Christian faith. No one would argue that. Like, no one would stand up right now and say, Tom, come on. Prayer is not that important to Christian faith. Let's, why do we talk about that all the time? We would all say, this is a bedrock of who we are as believers, that we would pray. But if statistics hold true, the reality is that there's somewhere around three minutes of day, including our time of prayer for our meals that we actually spend time in front of God praying. I'd love to say that as a pastor that that number jumps, but it's about seven minutes even in the pastoral world for people that spend time praying. Those are crazy numbers for something that's so central or that we believe is so central. I want to uh, open this with a quote uh, just so you understand this. And then we're just going to jump into it and we'll just talk this through. It's this. It's possible. It is possible. To be praying on occasion or to be praying some and not be growing in your Christian walk. Like, that's possible. You could say, like, you know, I got the meals covered and, you know, I wake up in the morning, I say a little prayer or I've got some recited prayers that I say. It's actually possible to pray at times and occasionally and not be growing in your Christian walk. However, it is not possible to be growing in your Christian walk and to not be regularly praying. For prayer not to be a part of your regular day and to say, I'm growing in my Christian walk is just simply not possible because it's so central to what the Christian life is all about. So why don't we pray? That's a good question to open up with. Like, why just don't we pray? Here's one. Uh, I've got four for you, but here's one. I'm not good at prayer. Have you ever said that? I'm not, I'm not very good at that. So, like, usually in your own time, you don't sit in your room and say, I'm not going to pray because I'm not very good at it. But if somebody asks you to pray, if I were to say, come on up and why don't you pray out loud uh, for us this morning, like, your first instinct might be, like, I, I don't, I'm not very good at it, you know? And what we often mean when we're not very good at it means I don't know how to put together big-sounding, holiness, Bible-sounding words all together in a very nice, flowing fashion, and so I'm not very good at it. That's what I think we mean. If you've ever been at a men's softball game, church league softball game, at the end of the game, you would gather in a circle and there is prayer time, right? Now, usually the way it looks is they look around, where's the pastor? You know, where pastor Tom, will you pray for, for us here? That's usually how it works. But let's say there's no pastor available and somebody gets called on, right? And you will hear on that softball field somebody saying, oh, no, no, I'm not very good at that. We think, I'm just not very good. So we shy away from it. Here's the second thing, prayer is boring. I mean, let's just be honest. Some of us would be like, I would much rather be involved in some, like, you know, adventure ministry than I would to go to men's prayer group on Wednesday night because prayer just sounds like it's boring, right? When we sit around and we just talk and we get all feely, touchy kind of thinking. And we pray. 
that's what we kind of think sometimes. So we don't do it because prayer is a little boring. Or you might say, you know, I try to pray, but I, I try to pray at night before bed and I'm out. I don't even remember what I started or, or what I said in prayer the next morning because I am out now by the time I get into to prayer. I've actually uh, spoke with a lady here in the church one time, uh, and I said, hey, you know, I'd love if you encourage your husband maybe to come to the, the men's prayer night. And she said, I don't know, he's not really into sharing his feelings and then praying with a bunch of guys. And I thought, that's, that, first of all, we don't do a lot of feeling sharing like, uh, like, like that with the men. But we do pray. We pray. In fact, we pray for you. Did you know that? When the men pray... They're not just bringing up, you know, be with me, you know, my leg kind of hurts, or be with me, you know, what. Um, we pray for those, but we pray for you. You are covered in prayer every time the men gather and pray. In fact, they, they kind of see like it's their job. They got to get there to pray because you need to be lifted up and pray, that you need to be interceded for. That's how they look at it. But sometimes we just think it's boring, so we don't do it. It's not exciting enough. All right? Here's the third one. Prayer seems empty. Like, if we're honest, sometimes we would say it just it feels a little empty. Like, I'm praying and, like, nothing's happening. Like, when I watch movies and they go into prayer time, there's a soundtrack in the background, you know, and, and amazing things are happening. When I pray, like, it's pretty quiet. Like, maybe a dog barks in the distance. I, there, nothing really is happening when I pray, right? You've often heard the phrase, it's not getting above the ceiling. What, we're, what are we saying? It feels... A bit empty. Nothing's happening. And then finally, if we were honest, we might even say, I'm not sure prayer really makes a difference. I'm not sure it even makes a difference. Some of us, when we say that, we're thinking, God's going to do what God wants to do anyway, whether I pray or not. We have that theology and that thinking. And for some of us, we have the, God is really not interested in my singular voice, so why should I share it? And so we don't pray for those reasons. Maybe as you're sitting there, you came up with two or three other reasons. Uh, there's a lot of reasons why we just don't go to God and pray. So let's ask the question in the next few minutes. And then I want to just give you a moment practically this morning, just an experience of prayer. Now, you're not going to have to come forward and stand up and say anything. But I want to invite you in the end. The praise team is going to come and they're going to going to pray a song called Come to the Altar, I'm going to invite you, and I'll explain this more in a minute, to just go to the altar, meaning just going to God and having a time of prayer this morning. And I, my hope is it would kickstart you into prayer in your weekly life uh, as you leave here this morning. So how do you change your view on prayer? If you've got your notes this morning, uh, this is going to be central as we walk through these. So fill these out. Now, I'm going to going to highlight all the passages, but uh, some of them I'll talk more about than others. You can use the others for your personal devotion time this week. Every morning, just get up and spend some time with God, and you can use these sermon notes to do that. Maybe it goes along with a devotional you're reading or a passage or a book of the Bible you're reading through as well. How do you change your view on prayer? Number one, uh, prayer is honest communication. Like, did you know that? Like, Prayer is just simply honest, open communication with God. Listen, I'm a pastor. I've been a pastor a long time. When I get in a setting and somebody says, let us pray, and then they say, oh, heavenly father unto thee, most sovereign, eternal, and on and on and on. Listen, they may be perfectly genuine as heart. I'll be careful not to judge, but usually I drift off. I go into another world. It doesn't feel as just this open and honest communication with God. It, it may be. Let me be careful. But I can tell you this, 
all prayer is honest communication with God. So if you would say this morning, like, I don't even know those words they use when they say that, God would say, fine, fine. What words do you know? Use those words and just pray and just honestly talk to me. Lord, today I'm a little ticked. And let me tell you why, Lord. And then just roll into it. Lord, I don't know. I'm, feel, I'm just I'm a little depressed today, Lord. I don't know why. I don't know what's going on. And just roll into it with God. Just honest, open communication. That's what it is. That's what God wants from us. I mean, how wonderful is it? You're sitting down with your kid, right? And maybe your kid's a teenager. And parents, we know how it is with teenagers. It's a, it's a little hard to get a full breakthrough to understand what's really going on in their heart and in their head. And you have that moment, maybe that one night or that time where you're like, man, that was such a breakthrough. I really heard their heart. And that's a beautiful thing. Now think about how God just revels in the times when we would just honestly share with him who we are, what's going on. He loves it. It's honest communication. Take a look at this, uh, Matthew chapter 6, uh, verse 5 through 7. When you pray, Jesus is speaking here, don't be like the hypocrites who love to pray publicly on streets corners and in the synagogues where everyone can see them. Now, you get the picture of what's going on. They're standing on the street corner. And Jesus, the implication here would, would be that they're praying specifically to be seen and to be heard, right? Jesus says, I tell you the truth, that that is all the reward they will ever get. That moment of notoriety where somebody hears and goes, wow, they can really pray. That is all the reward they'll ever get. You know what Jesus is saying there? God sees no value in that whatsoever. Like the reward or the connection with God, the, the blessing that would come from our, constant, our honest communication is not found in that, is what Jesus is saying. They're not going to have that. So Jesus is, is saying there, you don't have to go and in any special, you don't have to impress anyone around you. It's just honest, open communication. Verse 6, but when you pray, go away by yourself, shut the door behind you, and pray to your Father in private. Then your Father who sees everything will reward you. What's, God, what's Jesus saying there? He's saying, look, just go get with God and honestly be yourself. Now, I don't know about you, but I'm probably the most honest in my own home of who I am. In fact, uh, you get to see a, a form of me here at the church. You get to see most of me. My family, my wife, my kids, they get to see the uncensored Tom Raven. Like, I am never singing and dancing in front of you. It's not going to happen, ever. So that's, that's sweet of you, sweet of you. I don't really feel it was genuine, but, um, but like my family, they would say, Dad, could you please stop singing and dancing? And it would be on the other side because why? They get the uncensored version of who I am because I'm, most, I'm just most free. And Jesus is saying, when you would just go and get in front of your father and let nothing be a distraction to you, it doesn't mean you can't pray in public. You're not doing anything wrong if you pray in public, right? But God would say, get with the Father and just spend time honestly sharing who you are and what's going on. And that's powerful. For most Christians, they don't have this time in their life every day. 
Listen, Wendover Hills, if I could release you today with one practical thing that you would say, Tom, you say it, I'll go do it, I would tell you, have this personal, honest time with God every single day. Don't skip it any day ever. There's power in that. Take a look at verse 7, though. It says, when you pray, don't babble on and on as the Gentiles do. They think their prayers are answered merely by repeating their words over and over. What is Jesus saying there? You can't have long prayers? Listen, you can pray as long as you want, all right? Jesus is saying, the longest prayer doesn't win. Just because you ramble on and on about something, if you're looking at your watch and say, if I could just get to five minutes, God would, God would have to answer this. That that's not what it's about, the length of our prayer. It's not about finding one phrase or making it into a ritualistic thing that if, if I would just say this over and over, if I would say it this particular way, that it would be more powerful. Now, there are uh, recited prayers, ritual-type prayers that are powerful, powerful prayers. But what Jesus is saying here is you don't have to feel like if you would just say it 20 times, maybe the 30th time, maybe the 40th, like there's that you have to do that. Just honestly go and communicate to him. And there's power in that. Take a look at the second thing here. How do you change your view on prayer? You got to understand that prayer is a constant communication. Prayer is constant. It's ongoing. The whole day long that we're spending time communicating with God. Here's what 1 Thessalonians says about it. Really, really quite simply, verse five, or chapter 5, verse 17, 18. Never stop praying. Be thankful in all circumstances, for this is God's will for those who belong to Christ Jesus. Never stop praying. Just continue. You're like, man, Tom, like, I got to go to work and stuff. You know, I got to make dinner. You know, I can't be down in the prayer closet all day, right, on my knees praying. No, get what, what's being said here is pray everywhere all the time. Do you remember the Old Testament passage where it's teaching fathers how to build into their kids? And it says, speak to your kids about the things of God. Where? On the road, as you go, as you work. That's what we're talking about here. Constant communication everywhere you go. Just talk to God. I mean, like you're walking around and you see something, and you're like, ah, that person just kind of feels like something's off. Lord, I want to pray for that person right now. I just want to ask that you would just speak into their life or heal them physically if they need or whatever, right? Or you're walking around and you just entertain this idea of, you know what, I think, I think if I made some changes, my marriage could be a little bit better. And you go, right, Lord, I'm going to need your help in these areas. I get too stubborn here. It's just constant communication all day long with God. And so when we do this, I mean, we find that this type of constant conversation, it changes the way we think throughout the day. It's kind of like this. If you were going to go on an eight- or nine-hour road trip, right, and you had somebody with you, like, like maybe, I don't know, maybe there's two guys in here, you're like, hey, we can go on a road trip and not say a word to each other. Um, you know, guys, it, we, we don't, I mean, that's not like a badge of honor, guys, okay? But let's say you go on a road trip eight or nine hours, right? What does communication look like on that road trip? You, you chat for 20 minutes about some topic, right? Then you're quiet for five minutes, then you see something on the side of the road and you go, hey, look at that. And that sparks 30 minutes of conversation. And you're quiet for a little while. Somebody takes a nap for 15 minutes, hopefully not the driver, right? You stop and grab food. And then you get back in and that stop sparks like a, a, an hour conversation. And that's how constant communication happens on a road trip, right? And God would say, how about affording me the same thing? We're on this road trip of life together. You say it's the most important path of your life. 
How about if we just had this, this communication constant? Just talk to me in a little while. Yeah, if we don't talk for a few minutes, okay. But let's just keep constant talking. Every time you see something, every time uh, a topic comes up in your head, let's just talk. What does it look like in a, a, a healthy marriage? Like in a marriage, like I, I'm not saying to Cherie, you know, she's my wife of 22 years, and I'm not saying, okay, here's what we're going to do. I'd like to schedule out a five-minute block with you tomorrow morning, and uh, uh, we'll get together. We'll talk about the day. I'll tell you what's going on, what I'm feeling, what I want, and what I need. And um, if we don't get it the next day, it's okay. We'll catch it up another day. And like, that's it. That's my interaction with my wife. You know, it doesn't work that way. We might have that, that type of meeting right in the morning, say, hey, let's get our ducks in the row for the day. But then during the day, I get going and she says, here's a text. Hey, can you grab some milk when you go to the store? You know, no problem. You know? Or she'll call and say, hey, here's what I just heard at work, and I've got a decision to make. What do you think? And we chat about that conversation. Then maybe at 1230, I say, hey, I'm going to swing by and pick you up for lunch. So I got some time. You know, that, kind of, that constant conversation, communication throughout the day, that's what God wants from us, constant conversation. How important it is when we would go early in the morning, shut everything out, tell our family, hey, you know, family, I love you. Don't bother me for the next 15 minutes. I'm going to be with the Lord. This is my spot. This is my time. Um, read God's word. But then to stay in that communication with him all day adds to it. It's powerful. Finally, number three here, and this is super important for us to remember, and that is prayer is a two-way communication. Uh, do, you know that, I think. But to understand and be reminded of the idea that God wants to do some speaking too. He wants to do some talking to us. Now, I know there are some couples in my years of ministry where one person does a lot of the talking and the other person doesn't do much of the talking at all. And one person is always talking, but the other person is a really good listener. So it works really well in their marriage, right? It doesn't work very well in our Christian walk. Why? Because uh, God wants to talk. He wants to hear from us, but he wants to talk as well. And so we need to make sure we understand this is a two-way. Take everything you want to God. Honestly communicate with him. Constantly communicate with him. But remember, he's speaking as well. He wants to speak to us. Look at John chapter 8, verse 47. Anyone who belongs to God does what? Listens gladly to the words of God. Listen to the words of God. When we belong to him, we listen. When we don't belong, it's hard to hear him at all. We have to listen. Now, you hear us talk all the time about being in God's word, that the dominant way that God wants to speak to you is through his word. And we talk about that all the time. In fact, I regularly encourage you, if you're not in God's word, start in the book of Mark and just start reading the book of Mark and start cycling through the gospels and start learning about who Jesus is. And then from there, we'll send you and we can help direct you on how to work through the rest of God's word. It's a powerful way to hear from God. But you know, it's not the only way. God actually wants to speak to you in your prayer time as well. Like, God wants to go to you. Now, sometimes the way we look at it is we have a one-time prayer, God, would you show me a sign? Amen. And then we spend the rest of our day, like, looking for signs, looking for something that God would be, some way that God would be speaking to us, some mysterious path that he'd be speaking. And God would say, look, first, I want to speak to you through my word. Make that a staple in your life. Be in this word every day because I want to speak to your heart. But, you know, there's other ways that I'm going to add to what I'm saying here, things you experience, 
or if you're in God's word or excuse me in prayer daily you're like I'm just I have this consistent feeling this consistent message I get every time I go to God in prayer God's speaking to you he wants to share something with you or like I picked up a little thing like this I've, I've kind of got this idea in prayer and then I go and I talk to a mature Christian and they say have you ever thought about boom confirmation it just hits right on God wants to speak to us as well. And it's hard to hear from God if we're not going to God. I think sometimes we're left to looking for pictures of Jesus and toast and things for like that if we're never going to go to God and spend time with him. And he wants to speak to us. Now, I don't know if you're like me, but I'm pretty busy. Are you busy? Or is it just kind of easy with your schedule all week long? You're all busy. That's, I mean, that's how we function in life. In fact, we're in vacation season right now, right? Um, that's just how life works. We had a, a wonderful first service. We're having a great second service. But we have uh, many of our people that are on vacation enjoying uh, a great time of, away or with the Lord, whatever they're doing. This is that season, right? But let's be honest. We come back from vacation, and we're like, man, whew, I need a vacation. That was a crazy vacation. Now i got to get away recover from vacation. I mean, that's how, how kind of we think because we just stay busy. What, is, what does God have to say about this? One of the more famous verses, you may know it, Psalm chapter 46, be still and know I'm God. Like quiet yourself. Just chill out for a little while. Why? Because God wants to speak to us. And I, I want to hear from God. And I can't hear my wife over the TV sometimes, over, over music playing or those type of things. How am I going to hear God over this crazy, busy noise of life? It's a two-way conversation. What I want you to understand in this, it's in your notes, is we need, not want. It wouldn't be good if we need to hear from God. It's important. Well, we can't grow in our Christianity unless we know we're hearing from God and we're responding to him. I want to share with you in a minute just some practical takeaway and lead you into our, our time of prayer. But before that, a quick word on unanswered prayer and unanswered prayer. Uh, what, is the, what is the question of unanswered? How do we understand why does God answer some prayer and not answer other prayer? I think the biggest reason I would tell you right now is I'm not totally sure. I don't know why God would heal one person and not heal someone else, seemingly in the same situation. I'm not sure why a couple going to the Lord pleading to get pregnant would not get pregnant. I, I don't know the answers to this. Certainly, the call and the encouragement to stay faithful, to trust the Lord, and to keep walking with the Lord will always be there. But I will say there are these other times that are less mysterious than those. There are these other things that we can consider at other times why God might not want to answer some prayer in our life in other situations. Reminded of the, the story of the little girl who was curious about the fan spinning around and was feeling the air blowing and enjoying that, but as many little kids do, uh, or sometimes us men do, they are more curious and wanted to actually see what was going on. And as the finger got closer and closer, there was a possibility for some, just for some, for some grave injury if that f finger actually touched a fan. And so what did dad do at the last second? Smack that hand away so it wouldn't touch that fan. 
And of course, the little girl holding a hand that had just been smacked, looking at dad saying, why did you do that? You hurt my hand. Having no realization that her dad might have just saved a finger for the rest of her life. And there are so often when God is doing that for us, when what we're asking for from God, God would say, you know, I, I, I'm you're, not right now. That's not where I need you to go right now. That's not what you need for your best right now. In fact, we often believe that what we want is what we need. Have you ever been in that situation? What you want is what you need. And God said, I am faithful to provide what you need. There's some other, other times where unanswered prayer comes in because we have thought there's this formula for prayer that if I go A plus B, it will equal C, and God then would have to do this. And God is saying, no, prayer doesn't work that way. In fact, God actually said there's some stuff that's important in our lives uh, as we enter him in prayer. Take a look at Mark chapter 11, uh, verse 30, uh, 24 and 25. It'll be on the screen. It's not in your notes, though. You're welcome to write it down. 24 says, I tell you to pray for anything, and if you believe that you've received it, it will be yours. That's a great promise. It's not the only time it shows up in Scripture, right? Take a look at the verse beyond it. Verse 25, but when you're praying, first forgive anyone you're holding a grudge against so that your Father in heaven will forgive your sins as well. What is Jesus saying there? Relationships are so important that if we're going to come to God and we're going to pray for this thing, in this, in this case, forgiveness of sins, and yet we're not willing to offer it to someone else or we're not willing to, to have that right relationship, God would say, that's, that's a problem. Take a look at James chapter 4, verse 3. Again, not in your notes, but on the screen. Take a look at it. It says, and then, and even when you ask, you don't get because why? Your motives are all wrong. You want only what will give you pleasure. There are times when our motives are just off in why we want it. I remember when we were shopping for a minivan, right? And it just was not the right time to buy a car. It was not the right time to put any type of car payment in our life then. But I was so determined, and I worked every angle I could with every dealer I could, and I put together a very compelling argument for my wife and eventually won her over on it. And we went and bought it. Do you know what I felt like? Not, a, not the next day. Like by the time I got home, I thought, man, you are stupid, Tom. <laughs> You just saddled yourself with something. You're going to be locked into that five years. You're going to be locked into that from now on. Whereas I think I convinced myself that God was answering my prayer. And God the whole time was saying, man, your motives are off, Tom. What you're driving is just fine. Your family gets here from there. You'll be fine. The day will come. I'll take care of your family. You'll get into a minivan. You'll be fine. All right? Our motives we have to think about. Finally, take a look at James. If you flip one page, chapter 5, verse 16. It says, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. Now, that's what the men do for you whenever they gather. That's what they're doing. The staff does that on Monday mornings, and we've got a group on Sunday mornings that does that, that they, they pray for you all the time that you'd be healed or whatever's going on. Take a look at the second part, though. The earnest prayer of a righteous person has power and produces wonderful results. Do you know what the, the passage is saying there? That righteous living is important. Like if we were to just say to God, look, God, I'm going to live however I want. I'll just go on sinning in my life, and you just deal with it, Lord. Oh, Lord, would you please give to me, and you, would you do? That God would say, whoa, 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 that's not how it works. 
And we would know if you're a parent in here and you have an issue with your kid, if there's an issue of disobedience that's been unresolved, you don't say to your kid when they come up, hey, dad, can I have 20 bucks? I'm going over to, you go, whoa, 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 let's talk about this issue, this other issue on the table. And you want to clear that up. And the same thing is true, that how we live our life is important. It's important. Now, that doesn't mean if you say, okay, um, I'm not going to sin at all. Therefore, God will always have to answer my prayer. That's not how it works. But this can be a barrier to our communication and our time in prayer with him. Unanswered prayer. And finally, I'll say again, then there are times where I would just say the answer is, I don't know. I don't know why God isn't answering that prayer. I don't know at all. Sometimes God is just... is is just exercising his, his own will or how he sees it, and we just can't understand where that's at. A quick word on answered prayer. That when God would answer your prayer, we would get in God's word one thing to do and do it regularly, and that is to give testimony. That when God answers prayer in your life, give testimony. Don't remain silent. Share that. God did this. We were praying, and he provided in this way. Whatever it is, small or big, there's somebody else that needs to be impacted. There's somebody else who's on the brink of not thinking God ever hears your prayer that needs to know that God answers prayer. Give testimony to it. So here finally is our takeaway. A couple practical things to, to think about here. Craig Groeschel writes this, the God of the universe is ready to hear from you. Perhaps it's for you to call on him or to listen to his answer. And so I encourage you, that's our platform this, for this morning. But here's three practical things that go along with the points. First is talk to God about what's on your heart. Whatever's on your heart, just go and talk to God about it. Secondly, make prayer a daily routine. That every day you would say, I'm going to pray. It's going to be part of what I do. And finally, pray now instead of later. That if we can make a commitment that, that we're like rarely going to use the phrase, well, I'll pray for you. I'll be praying for you. You know, hey, when we go to our prayer time, we'll pray for you. Those are all okay. But it's much more powerful to say, I want to pray for you right now. I want to pray for you right now. Listen, I know that you want to look like that you're responding to somebody's Facebook when they have something there that they're asking for prayer or something's going on in their life. Maybe they're not even asking for prayer. You want to respond to say, I'll be praying for you. How much more powerful just to pick up the phone and call and say, I'd like to pray for you right now. I don't have their phone number. Send them a private message. Go ahead and write out the whole prayer. It's just as powerful to say, hey, look, I'm praying with you, and boom, shh. And they'll read through the whole prayer. How much powerful is to say, I'm going to pray now. I'm going to be in the discipline. Something comes to my heart, we're going to pray right now. And it will get us into that constant prayer mode. So here's what I want to do. I want to invite the praise team if they would come up. And they're going to sing a song. They're going to lead us in a song called, Oh, Come to the Altar. Now, we would know in the Old Testament that we had these literal altar that, that the the Hebrews would bring their sacrifice and they'd lay their sacrifice at the altar. In our contemporary church, we don't have a literal altar. We have steps here. But coming to God, just going to God is going to his altar. And so here's what I want to invite you to do this morning. As the praise team leads us in this song, I'm going to invite you to just spend time praying. Now, for some of you, you're like, hey, this is old hat. I pray like every day for a while and that's fine. I three minutes of prayer. 
For some of you are like, three minutes, that's like almost eternity. We're going to pray that long? I want to invite you, just go before God and just talk to God. Do what we just talked about. Honestly, communicate with him. Just share with him this morning in the next few minutes. Now, I want to give you freedom this morning. So if you're sitting there and you're like, man, I, I really want to get up and come to an altar, use these steps that way. Come and kneel and pray, and that would be great. If you're like, I just want to kind of sit quietly by myself, great. If you're like, I, I just compelled to stand, however you want to go before God, there is no one way that will carry more thunder and power to God this morning. You just go in freedom, and for the next few minutes, pray. And maybe for you that two or three minutes is a long time, and this can just be a step-off point for you to do it this one time, and then tomorrow morning when you wake up, do it again. Tuesday, do it again, and let it flow in your day. Let me prompt us by praying, and then I'll let you spend your own time. Father, I just come to you and just I thank you that we have this opportunity to actually talk to you. And Lord, I'll be the first to confess that there are these days where I'm thinking, well, what are we going to do in this church world here? And I strategize and plan and move forward and create what I think is this great way of the future. And then I stop and go, oh, I probably should pray and let the Lord bless this. And you're like, man, Tom, how about, how about if I was involved from the beginning and we just we just walk through this whole thing together. So, Father, for some people in here, this can be a beginning. This is a starting point to make communication with their you central in their life. So maybe this next three minutes will be powerful, Lord. Their first time of coming to you with open, honest communication. I pray that every voice would be heard, Lord, and received by you. So now would you hear, Lord, and and now would you, folks of Wendover Hill, just go before the Lord. Let's spend the next few minutes in prayer. Let's invite the praise team to lead us.